It's showtime! Welcome to Demand Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demand, husband of two, father of one, and I just got that backwards. This is dropping on April Fool's Day, and I know things are probably not ideal. I can almost guarantee it, but I'm going to try to do my best to help you out and help you get through your day just a little bit easier. And with it being April Fool's Day, I have the perfect guest for this. But before we get into that, I want you to go to Apple Podcasts. Stop. Pause. Go to Apple Podcasts. Log into your account. Find Demandos, the six questions. Leave a five-star review. Leave a quick comment in the comment section. And then get back to this. And then we can get this show on the road and get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. But that's not what you asked for. What you asked for is a good time. And that's what you're going to give you. And I'm going to give it to you right now. And it's on with the show. I am here with the man, the myth, and a bunch of other M-words that I can't think of right now, the man scout, Jake Manning. How are you doing, sir? Good. I appreciate you respecting the M-words. This is a no M-word zone. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Jake is an experienced professional wrestler as well as stand-up comedian and also the host of two awesome podcasts that I listen to, 10 Bell Pod and How Did This Get Booked? And they're both awesome. If you're into wrestling and wrestling uh, history, you should definitely check those out. I always love how uh, how well researched your your shows are. It, it, it's awesome. How did you how did you guys get started with that? Well, they, no, don't thank me. Thank Nick. Nick does all the all the research. I'm just going off what I know that's been regurgitated in my head. So, and obviously, you, you said Ten Bell Pod first, unless you were going alphabetically. So, I know where your preferences lie, but that's that's quite okay. But Ten Bell, um, yeah, we Micah does a lot of research. Nick does a tremendous amount of research, like so much research. If you're not on the Ten Bell Pod Patreon, you should be just to pay Nicholas for the amount of time that he puts in each and every episode he actually edits all the episodes now he releases them now it's it's pretty much kind of nick's show he's definitely the the top producer the host all of that i'm just merely a guest and or the star of the show so like he does all the heavy lifting these days yeah but you're the talent so you know you can take all the credit if you want to i won't tell nobody (laughs) well i listen I, I would prefer to be talent because on how did this get booked? I'm the host and the driving force on that one, and that is exhausting. I can so, only uh, I, I let Nick go. I can only imagine. Question number one: uh, When did you know you wanted to get into stand-up comedy? Well, about oh gosh, has it been? I think it's well, no, it'd be five years now. It'd be five years ago. I sustained a very bad knee injury. Mm-hmm. And my entire wrestling career had kind of been in jeopardy, and I had a, a feeling that my wrestling career was over. And you know, being faced with that mortality, I really had to figure out something because anybody that leaves, sometimes when you leave for wrestling, like you've seen, you've seen it, you know, multiple people that wrestling was all their lives, and then when they leave, they don't fulfill that hole uh, inside of them. They never do something that's close, even close to professional wrestling. They just leave everything, they put it all in a closet, and they don't think that's going to create any problems. They're like, oh, I'm a 
insurance salesman, I'm a car salesman, I'm a uh, whatever. And, and you don't replace that whole of professional wrestling with something that's similar to professional wrestling. So then I had to think about why did I do professional wrestling? What do I enjoy about professional wrestling? And long story short, because uh, I know we have about five more questions to go and I could talk for an hour on this one question. But uh, long or the short is I figure out the thing that I loved about professional wrestling is entertaining. Well, entertaining is a narrow is a narrow thing let's narrow that down even further let's get down to what what do you like doing when you entertain and i like making people laugh and that's what i figured i wanted to do comedy that doesn't involve me taking a backdrop or a superplex um if those days were done but i i'm i'm very lucky and i've pieced myself together with duct tape and super glue and I'm still chugging along in professional wrestling, but now I have to manage two mediocre careers at the same time, which also can be exhausting as well. And that's pretty much how I got into stand-up. I, I thought that was going to be my next thing, but now it's my plus one thing. Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you started out? Started out in uh, wrestling in- or? Um, so either one you want to, oh. either one you want to do, cause I think the listener is probably not familiar with either. Although I hear they're very, very similar. I've, I've picked up a lot of lessons, but I think the uh, one thing that I, I can do now and I, appreciating the time to suck is nice. I feel like I've had plenty of time to, to suck and professional wrestling in that time that I sucked I think that's where I learned where the thought process is to get on TV as fast as possible yeah I would would probably say that because like this is what I've been kind of thinking about too because I've just been recently watching the the 30 for 30 documentary on Michael Vick Mm. and like I just see about how much talent he had how much ability, money, everything at his fingertips, how fame, famous he was and the amount of fame that he had at his fingertips and all the things that, that produces. And I just, if I ever met him, I would, I would love to, to tell him how I, I love how he's turned his whole life around. But also, too, I would also tell him, like, man, I would have done way worse stuff if I had that much <laughs> talent, ability, and money in my act. Like, I would have committed war crimes like i would <laughs> i would have broke things in the geneva convention like i would i'd be they'd be like they would question if i was worse than hitler like that's how bad i would have messed up and i think just not getting too famous too early too successful too early where i i feel like if success happens to stumble onto my doorstep I feel like I could handle it now and maturity and understanding that all the nuances to performing, all the nuances to audience and all the, all the little things and the appreciation and being mature. I think that's understanding the importance of being mature. I think that's kind of how I feel about it. Question number three, what is your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? And I know you live in North Carolina and you're from Iowa so you can take it for you can take that direction any way you like. 
Oh, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna give so many restaurant right recommendations. I can tell you that right. I like to even give recommend recommendations in your your town that you live in in the Louisville area. Um, on me. When I go back home, I always try and find a way to have uh, Gino's Pizza. Mm-hmm. My hometown of Preston, Iowa. Also, too, there is there are a couple of restaurants in town that if you order a steak sandwich, it's basically just a ribeye steak on two pieces of Texas toast. But yet yeah. it is priced at like eight bucks. It is it is ridiculous. It is it is stupid. Like it's it's a it is about roughly almost an inch thick. But yet it is eight dollars. It's an eight dollars. It's absurd. But they just call it a steak sandwich. But it's basically just a ribeye steak on two pieces of Texas toast for like eight or nine bucks. It's dumb and it's great and I love it. I just basically just throw away the Texas toast and then eat it like a regular steak. And right. It's so good. Good Iowa beef. It's fantastic. Here in Charlotte, North Carolina, barbecue is kind of a big thing. Uh, I would have to say the best place to get brisket and barbecue in North Carolina. Midwood Smokehouse, hands down, best place to go. Also, too, like I got this really awesome diner right around the corner, around, around, around the corner from my house, which used to be open late, but it's not as late as it used to be, but it's always a good spot. The, the slide into good Greek food. I'm always looking for the best chicken Slovakia, the best pad thai. But as far as chicken Slovakia goes, Landmark Diner, like that's the spot to go. Now, if you you if you have not yourself tried game uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, you are missing out, my friend. They've got basically different types of wild animal, like like wild boar, alpaca. Uh, kangaroo meat and you can get a little sampler meatball place. it's it's probably i would say maybe 15 minutes away from your house it's just off of 64 there that interstate that goes to lexington it's just off of that right as you cross the bridge it's i would highly recommend game really good burgers different types of meat that that would be my recommendation to you. I, I i'm i always look for it when i travel i try and find the best spots uh, to get food so like I, i'm i will plan my trip around a, a restaurant to eat for an hour on the way to wherever louis was a halfway point between charlotte north carolina and iowa so oh, okay it's it's a good little stop because you're, you're almost halfway there question number four what are you curious about oh i'm curious about a lot of things i just things i don't know Kind of broad, but it seems to me that's a very hippie answer. <laughs> what um, I, I don't know. I I think I'm I'm more curious about how can I solve the issues within myself. In that, I've started to recognize problems in my processes hmm. uh, as an artist and as a performer. And I'm curious about how can I maximize my potential, my output, um, all my creative juices from flowing. Like how can I be the most productive as an artist, as a human being? And something I've noticed it's, it's hard for me is when idle time arises. Like I will always, I'll be, you know, you start traveling and move around. You got to make these bookings. You got to make this happen. And then life. And then you got to make this. And then regular work. And all, just all these things stack up. And then all you want is a little bit of free time. But then when you get to the free time, you don't know how to handle it properly. And then you, you just go on social media and see everybody doing wonderful things. And you get bummed out because you're not out there 
but you wanted this time, but you don't know how to deal with this time. And I almost, sometimes I feel guilty for free time and times where I relax because I have this thought in my head of all the successful people who I strive to be like, they don't have this time. Like in my mind, it's, I'm, all, I'm always trying to aspire to the, the, these next level human beings. Mm-hmm. These people like Elon Musk, LeBron James, these guys that not just do, that are the best in their field at something, they try and be something more and something else and, and be equally as good and do this over here. And, and the way that like, you know, I, I heard a podcast one time with uh, LeBron, LeBron James on it and they were doing a behind the scenes thing about the podcast. And the guy was just amazed about how LeBron could leave a practice, go to a media session because it was in the middle of the NBA finals. He could leave the practice for the NBA finals. He's like a day away from playing a game in the series for the NBA finals. He has this practice. He does a media session and then immediately goes over and gives this podcaster a half an hour and then goes back to dealing with his businesses, going to his family and then moves to each one of these things. And this podcaster was amazed because he watched him do all this and there was no drop off in performance. He gave each one of these different things that required a different skill, a different um, uh, action or thought process. He he enacted every one of those with 100% effort every single time. And when I see people like that, I always think, oh, those people don't have free time. They don't sit down and watch movies. So if, why are you watching a movie? They would never sit, have enough time. They, they're they working right now. They're doing it. And, and I realized that's absurd because I'm pretty sure LeBron James probably watches Pixar movies with his kids. And that's free time right there. And something that I've had to learn now as a guy that goes through relationships and ups and downs is realize that I can't just take that free time with somebody who I'm with. I have to take that free time when I'm alone. And that's mm-hmm. something that's been called to my attention too or sometimes with me it's like oh i'm i'm with my girlfriend and my free time's with my girlfriend but you know that takes a considerable effort but having free time with myself and then having that thought process and then being okay with that and being alone with my thoughts and 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 realizing that this is okay i think that's being i'm curious about trying to make that work and i think that's because sometimes you just need to get your brain shut off because sometimes you just go, 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 go. Nothing, no new input is, is created. And I think that's, that's what I'm, I'm interested in finding out. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. I got to tell you a joke. Can't, can't you see I'm busy? Please. <sighs> okay. What did the taco get? What? Helping your business. <laughs> <laughs> and that um. was Jokes with Georgia. And that's me. Right. And the way somebody like uh, LeBron James, as, a, as the example that you used, uh, it seems like he gives 100% to whatever he's doing right then. Like he has, it seems like he's got so much focus that when he's doing, like when he's doing the dad thing and watching the Pixar movies, he's probably 100% into that and not worried about everything else until he, it's time to be worried about that where at least in my, it sounds like uh, that you have the same problem, uh, same foibles that that I that I've had is, is trying to. It's like okay, I'm here with my kids, I'm here with my family. This is my free time, but I've got all this other stuff going on, and I got to do this, and I got to do this. You know, it's just 
yeah, I, I can relate. Yeah, I'm, I'm very good at separating, but my issue is trying to find that with myself. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, I misunderstood. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like you know, you're with the kids, and it's like, oh, I'm doing something. Or like, when I'm with the significant other, like, oh, I'm with this person, and I'm, I'm doing time with this person, and giving them the 100% of time. But when it's just me, and it works out that I'm by myself, being comfortable in that space is, is what I have a hard time dealing with. Why do you think that is? Because it seems like like you 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 can focus with your your lady friend, or you can focus you know on comedy, or focus on wrestling. Why do you think that is? Well, that, that's why that's why it's curious to me. <laughs> to answer your question, ultimately, that's the thing I, I can't figure out. Gotcha. So. Question number five: Is there anything I should have asked but didn't? This is what happens when I did a hippie. Like I, I start asking questions like, did you mean this? And these other things when it's like, I don't even know what I'm saying half the time. Is there anything? I don't know. Like, I think you, this is, this is going to sound like the hippiest thing ever. It's like, I think you ask what you need to ask and you'll find, and the questions you didn't ask, those answers will magically appear, almost like a weird improv scene. So the, there are no bad questions. There are no forgotten questions. The answers lie within the answers that are given. Yeah, that was real hippie. So I'll go with this. It is, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I like it. It's honest. That's all I want. You, you, have, you have been given 15 minutes and you have the world's full attention. What do you do? Try and explain to be kind to each other, to seek the answers through data, through experiences, to reach out to somebody who's different, find common ground, realize that some of this is all just BS and it makes no sense. Like this is not real. And we have with virtual reality right around the corner, we need to figure out what our own reality is. We need to be able to express that and feel that and know what that is and know within the reality of ourself. And we need to be searching for those answers every single day. And if we're just spending our time fighting with each other and dividing with each other, we're, we're, it's, gonna, it's wrong, it's incorrect. We need to find ways to work with one another. And that's the only way any of this is, is, is going to work at all. I probably were the right that I go. The idea of using religion to push people away is the thing that infuriates me the most. Is people who claim to be you know, Christian, but yet don't give a woman the opportunity to choose what she wants to do with her body and, and push out members of LBGTQ community. I think it's this world is better when we're together because the person that we push away may have the, the answers to the question that we're trying to ask. That would probably be what I would do with 15 minutes worth. I would say that a lot better. I'd probably formulate that and structure that a lot better. But I'm sure it'd be clickbaited down into like, Jake Manning hates everybody. <laughs> Let the internet figure it out. Just be kinder to everybody. That's... Yeah, you don't want the internet figuring that out. <laughs> you can't type the word kind on the internet, aren't you? You know that, like it, it, it just defaults to like, don't you, don't you mean to call somebody a moron? Like, <laughs> Question number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate? There's a small part of me that wants to take this funny because we've made it so serious. But that's why I'm like, oh, I have the power to create a new holiday. It should make people more mindful. It's something that, that gets people away from, gets people away from technology. Mm. 
one day out of the year, you maybe maybe if it's for a certain hour or whatever, and you can observe it whenever it's most convenient to you. Uh, you take two hours where you have no technology, and that either it could be an hour where you either just take a walk without your phone. Uh, you go camping all day on that day. You can take the entire day. You can take an hour, you know, whatever it is, but you go without technology and, and take at least a minimum of reconnecting with nature. And, it, and obviously it's on brand for the man scout to tell everybody to connect with nature. Who else, uh, who else has influenced your uh, stand-up? I, I, I remember you, I've heard you say Richard Pryor before, but I didn't know if there's anybody else that I had, uh, that I'd missed. Yeah, I mean, like, like Pryor's for sure the one. Uh, Richard Lewis was, was definitely a guy. Mm. Carlin, because everybody, everybody's father loved Carlin. Mark Norman is one of, one of my favorite comics. Like, if, if you're not paying attention to him and his Twitter account, he's just brilliant. He's great. I just, he's awesome. And he's very generous to young comics. I know comics that have opened up for him, like his MCs and features, and he's just so awesome. Awesome. Just great dude. And Jerry Seinfeld is like pulled him aside and said he's one of the, like the, the few, if not the only new comic who he likes. Wow. So that's awesome. Also, too, I really, God, if I could just be a tenth of funny that Joey Diaz is, like, I, I saw Joey Diaz uh, perform at the club in town and first 10 minutes of his uh, the beginning of said he started off with a story like right like, like he didn't even start with like warm-up jokes he just jumped into a story and then he got on this aside to the story and it, he just got rolling he started hitting these punchlines and people were just laughing hysterically like belly laughs doubled over and he just kept coming at him with these punchlines that I, they were just felt like they were coming off the top of his head. I don't know if it was a rehearsed bit. He would just hit me with these. And it, it felt like the oxygen was leaving uh, the room from people's laughter. And, and there's such laughter and these punchlines are coming so fast that I thought somebody was going to die. And that's when I realized, Oh, that's what it's meant when they say you killed. That's where that expression comes from is this exact particular moment. And I, and I, I, and this was after being in comedy for four years. Wow. And, and I just, people like, oh, I said, you killed. And I just thought it was an expression and I never knew what it came from. But when I saw Joey Diaz perform and then do that, I go, oh, this is how that term came to be. Because this man almost killed somebody <laughs> with laughter. And that's, that's what's meant. And I, I just, like, seeing that in person just sunk in and just, Man, if I could be a tenth of of, of funny as as he is, whew, I, I, I'd be doing something right. How did you get started with writing jokes and stuff? Uh, po- podcasts and just doing it. Like you do it over time. You, and what's really important is being self aware. I think a lot of like open mic comics like myself, a lot of them don't pick up on on the feedback that is given to them. I can't tell you how many of them just go up there, get drunk, say something like quasi mean or offensive or just not thought out or just like very cheap, 
but it, but it's got a curse word in it and it says just like the worst thing possible like oh that's comedy right and it's like no man like that awful things needs to come out of nowhere and sometimes that awful thing needs something very sunny right behind it and that and that's where the funny thing is, is like hit with this and then it's think it was going to be dark but then you come up with something super sunny and like well actually it's like this and then well wouldn't it be like this and then it's oh and that's where it becomes expansive when you can throw all the emotions at once as opposed to just say something hurtful and mean and just not well thought out the beauty is being able to work that in in the sunniest work the darkness in the sunniest parts you know and vice versa you know that that's what the that's what the beauty of, of it all is and you know reading books like steve martin's book is incredible i i, I listen to that every once in a while podcasts are great resources especially when other comics are talking about jokes and how they work and structures and things to do and audiences and hmm. and, and and then also seeing other comics you know i'm lucky like the club in town like when i see uh somebody who just recorded like their netflix special and it's coming out and then they're obviously working on new material and then seeing that material before it ends up on their special like seeing all of those things like that's that's the fascinating part is seeing how they they change and evolve it and work on it. And you're seeing, like, oh, this is the beginning of something. This is the beginning of a bit. This is the beginning. And then, and or like see somebody as they're about ready to record their special and see how tight it is and how mm. you know flawless it is. And, and, and just observing people, observing headliners, observing features, observing everybody involved. It just you, you got to watch it, pay attention to it, think about it. And it just kind of seeps in through osmosis over time, much like pro wrestling. You just immerse yourself into it. So it's I'm basically up to my neck in pro wrestling and comedy and trying to figure out both of those things and give 100% at the same time. So, it's a good thing they're very similar from what I hear. So that helps. How's one help? Well, at, least, with- at least the way that I do it. Okay. <laughs> at least the way I do it. And my, my, there's, there's, not a, there's not a day that goes by or I'm not trying to think of a new way to make people laugh. And I, I think because like, you know, if I'm, if I'm not doing that on a daily basis, I'm not making people laugh or thinking of something new to make people laugh. It just, I'm, I feel like I'm suffering and dying inside. Either I'm making people laugh by being in a wrestling ring or I make people laugh with a microphone on my hand on stage with a, telling jokes that I wrote in a notebook somewhere. It's April Fool's Day, so let us know what you got going on. That's my actually my sister Darcy's birthday is April Fool's, so I always tell her she's the biggest April Fool's joke that I ever got. So um, <laughs> uh, I'm probably gonna be it's probably gonna be knee deep in WrestleCon stuff at this moment in time. So WrestleCon.com, see me there for that. Also, too, uh, Man Scout Manning on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, please. Subscribe to my YouTube page. It's fledgling. It feels like it's dying. (laughs) I post all my podcasts there. Uh, I post matches from time to time. I scour YouTube for matches of myself that's on on there, and I put them all in a playlist. So if you have any interest in anything that's involving me, I got stand-up clips on there. I try Mm. and curate it. So if you're interested in anything about me whatsoever, just go to my YouTube page. There's the whole playlist of, Full matches, me doing dumb stuff at wrestling shows, uh, stand-up comedy, podcasts, uh, at, just at Man Scout Manning, just about anywhere. 
So who goal leads you there? Man is man now officially is man scout one word or two? Uh it's two words. Um it is very much two. Man scout is two words, but uh you'd be surprised all the best Google searches has man scout as one word, and it is very frustrating. <laughs> but I, at, at one point in time I actually put a lot of uh, I used to tweet like I would do like a history, like I could like schedule tweets. And I had scheduled tweets like every two weeks to let people know that Manscaped was two words, not one. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's whatever. It, I did that for like a whole year. So like every two weeks, it'd be the same tweet over and over again. But that still hasn't changed anybody's habits whatsoever. Oh. But it is much like Boy Scout is two words, Manscout is two words. But at the same time, too, making Manscout one word, it makes vanity searching very easy. Thank you, Jake Manning, and thank you, dear listener, for listening and allowing me to be a part of your day. Please keep a stiff upper lip. I hope it brought a smile to your face today, and and we'll just get through this together. And until next time, see it, hear it, speak it, live. I hope you have a great day, everyone. <laughs>